It's time for the business news now. Ko takuhua in INA, called Giles Beckford, who joins us live from our Wellington studio. Giles, the rich are paying their fair share of tax. Whoa, so many questions. What's rich and who <laughs> says they're paying enough? <laughs> it's a report that's been commissioned by uh, tax consultancy Oliver Shaw, it's called. Its principal is uh, Robin Oliver, who was a former deputy commissioner at Inland Revenue. So a man with a good deal of experience here. Now, this is a long report, 263 pages. I can tell you I didn't read them all. I'll make that confession right now. But uh, the guts of it, essentially, is that if we look at it two ways, they look at it in there's the statutory tax uh, that is imposed on people, the uh, four-tier system that we have. And on that basis, then the more income you earn, then the more that you pay in tax. And they show that those in the top two tax brackets, which is 70000 to 180000 and then 180000 and above, they make up about just under a fifth or about a fifth of the tax base, shall we say, tax-paying people. But they're contributing more than two-thirds of the tax take, and that figures. Where the discrepancies and the apparent contradictions arise, of course, are when there are tax breaks and subsidies uh, and special programmes such as working for families. So this is why people, for instance, in the same tax bracket could be uh, paying effective uh, effectively different tax rates because they're getting a tax break for working for families or their circumstances are that they don't qualify and effectively they're paying more of their income in tax. Uh, and on that basis, it becomes quite interesting because the people who are favoured most, in other words, with effectively a lower tax burden are those who own property that's freehold, uh, who have probably retired uh, and who have already got quite a reasonable getting superannuation and got a reasonable income with it. And the other thing that comes out of this report is that, of course, the ones who are well off have greater flexibility with the money that they earn and they invested into land and the like. So in the end, their income can be minimised or the tax burden on their income can be minimised in this way because land, you get a capital gain on it but you actually don't get pinged uh, in tax. Now I had a long chat with Robin Oliver about this report and I said, well, most people aren't going to believe this. You know, they're going to find it pretty hard to swallow. And he said, well, you've got to get your mind around the statutory tax take, in other words, the tax brackets, uh, and then the effective tax rate. In other words, when you take into account all the one-offs, the allowances, the tax credits and the like. And uh, in both cases, you find generally that people, the higher income they get, the more tax they pay. He finds it interesting, and I asked him about tax thresholds, and he says the real rubbing point is at $48,000, where the tax rate leaps from 17% to 30%. Uh, and that's the one that's really the sore point, as he put it. So I said, well, what about you know, other forms of taxation? He's not a man to have a bar of capital gains tax. He thinks that GST could actually be increased, even though most people get grumpy about it and everybody asks for some exemption or other from GST. Uh, he's not averse, as he puts it, to a land tax, but he says good luck to any government that's got the guts to go and tackle big companies, iwi and the retired, which so uh, I think he's saying basically it would be political suicide. So interesting there. 
I said, in the end, what do you think about the tax system? And I suppose for a man who had a good deal of time in IRD, he says, well, you know, it's not grossly unfair. It sort of works quite well compared to a lot of other places. He says, the real issue on it is not necessarily the sign of, is the makeup of the tax system, which reflects the trade-offs that politicians and society demands, but it's actually government spending. He says, and it's the government spending that's actually the real weight on the tax system. So implicit in that is government should spend less, but of course we won't let them. So uh, an interesting report. It, you know, I, I think it, it adds a bit of more intellectual grist to the mill because we're bound to have discussions about tax in this coming election campaign, in particular about moving thresholds. Let's stick with the theme, paying. Paying ransom to cyber attackers. Who's doing that, Giles? Well, this is a very interesting one. If you remember just uh, the past week or so, Latitude, which is the Australian financial uh, firm, I do, yeah. uh, it, had, it had been hacked, uh, and the cyber attackers knocked on the electronic door and said, pay us money or we'll let the 14 million pieces of information that we've taken from your system, we'll put them out there on the web, sell them on the dark web to those who want to use them. Uh, And Latitude turned around and said, we won't pay. We won't pay because there's no guarantee that these people would keep their word. And if you do pay, then it's an encouragement to do it again. Um, And there is some move in Australia, in uh, the government there, to actually make it illegal to uh, go and agree to a ransomware attack and to pay money. Well, uh, a chief security officer for a big cyber security firm, Palo Alto, he told us, well, you know, It's not that black and white. And by governments insisting that firms don't pay ransom uh, for these sorts of cyber attacks, it's actually cutting off the options of firms to perhaps arrive at a solution which might be beneficial for the victims. And they should have the discretion to be able to make the decision themselves rather than being barracked by a government that enforces them not to do it. One guesses, I suppose, that firms that uh, are intent on doing that will find a backdoor way of doing it. But uh, as is rightly pointed out, there's no guarantee that that's going to uh, bring about satisfying results. And we now had that, of course, uh, with the Waikato uh, DHP last year with all their uh, records being hacked. So uh, once again, it's not black and white. Uh, Interesting thought there about leave the victims to make the decisions themselves. Giles, shall we take a quick spin through the market numbers? Let's have a canter. The market gave back today, this is the share market, gave back today what it gained yesterday, down 52 points, about half a percent, uh, back under the 11,900 level. New Zealand dollar sitting quietly at 61.9 US cents, 92 Australian. Markets will be buoyed by data that came out of China a little bit uh, a wee while ago, showing that the Chinese economy grew uh, faster than expected, 4.9% in the first quarter. That will buoy people into thinking, you know, there's another lifeline for the world economy. We'll wait and see on that. Of course, all localised on first quarter CPI out on Thursday morning.